you know, I did. I, I stood up for my rights. I stood tall. I was completely targeted for doing so. Yeah. And yet, I am blessed for it. What's shaking? Welcome back to All In. Today, get excited, get pumped up because you know my guest today, except you might not know her by her new name, which is the Patriot Barbie. She's been on my show before and now she has a book out. It's pretty incredible. Her book is One Mom's Fight for Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. Lindsey Graham. Hey. Hello, Rick. <laughs> nice to see you again. Good to see you. I love the background you got going on. Thank you. It's just incredible. I obviously follow you on social. I see all the amazing things you're doing. It's yeah, there's a lot of fantastic things happening. I knew a year and a half ago when my life turned upside down, I knew stuff was going to be good someday. I didn't know when. And I just in faith was like, all right, Lord, do what you're going to do when you're ready. And I feel like I feel like the time is coming. So I'm super excited. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. Just a process. Yeah. yeah. We, um, we're really loving our new life in Arizona though. Everything is falling into place. I feel like every day I wake up and I, I'm just waiting to see what's today going to bring. I have a whole new, whole new life. It's so cool. It's so weird. I've left my old life behind. I don't even mourn it anymore. Um, and so, yeah, I just have so much exciting, exciting news to share with people who follow my story. That's so awesome. If you want to catch yourself up too, you know, go back because Lindsay was on, I think it was about a year ago. So we'll mm -hmm. link that in the show notes, but you can listen to that because that's where we dove into how we met and everything that took place before your move to Arizona yeah. with the state of Oregon and the, the stupidness that you endured there. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Recap, um, quick. Rick <laughs> real quick, Rick quick and I go way back. So um, I was one of the first Americans to reopen my business back in May of 2020 against the mandates. And because of that, I was made a national spectacle by my government and the cancel culture and um, became almost a, an overnight, you know, viral public figure. And um, I'm still fighting the state of Oregon. It's got some updates on that. I don't even live in Oregon anymore. And they're still coming after me with new things. Wow. And um, Rick had me on. Rick actually flew to Oregon to help um, produce Liberty Lockdown, the very probably you've never seen before because it's being censored <laughs> um, documentary on the, the lockdowns. And um, that's how we met in person. And then he had me on his podcast uh, shortly after that, maybe a few months. Yeah. Yeah. About um, that. Yeah. And then you actually had me back on after I moved to Arizona and I was like just moving into my house. I had my laptop set up on a bed trying to get the best light. And um, just updated everyone on what my new life in Arizona looked like. And even then, Rick, when you had me on then, it was like, I don't know, moved, lived to Arizona. I moved out of Oregon, fighting the people, like, you know, fighting the man. And um, I had no idea where my life was going. But now that, that was, I think, um, gosh, that was like around September, October, November of last year. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a year since I've been on. And I feel like... It's a whole nother story. Good thing you have me on. There's like so many things that have changed. It's so cool because uh, at least as of today, you are the only three-time guest that I've ever had on the show. And uh, it's oh. so, yeah, it's so exciting that it's you too, because it's been like following the story and just you and I staying connected personally too has just been incredible. Yeah. 
You know, that's but, awesome. I'm very honored. Thank you. You got to <laughs> You got to keep rolling with this. And I want to encourage you for this too, because you have to keep rolling, you know, with, with yeah. everything that you're doing. There's, a, there's ways as I'm sure you've found to get your voice out and to mm -hmm. continue in those ways. You know, even though I've been shadow banned by social media, you know, countless times, I'm sure you have, I actually went to follow your partner the other day. And this was interesting to me because you're because you have a podcast too now, right? Yes, yeah, we have a radio a radio show and podcast um, called the She's So Right Show, and yeah, my co-host Brandy Barclay. I swear she was not censored until she started hanging out with me. Yeah, this was so intriguing, and I mean, I, we could probably publish this too for everybody to listen. But I went to because I follow you, right? And then I saw that mm -hmm. she was your co-host, that the Brandy was your co-host. So I went to follow her on Instagram, and I've never seen this message before. On social oh, media at all. I know what message you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Are you sure you want to follow mm -hmm. Brandy Barkley? This account has repeatedly posted false information that was reviewed by independent fact checkers or went against our community guidelines. Mm -hmm. I've never seen this before. It was uh, like IG saying, hey, this person is stupid and, and spews shit. Yeah. Right. Be, beware following them because we don't think that they're reputable. So you may yeah. not want to listen to their information. Yeah. That. I've had that message on my Instagram probably for close to six months. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's incredible. I've never seen this. And what's interesting to me when I looked at this too is, you know, it, it's just blatant and almost like, like non-arbitrary whatsoever in how they're phrasing this, even though it's a very mm -hmm. arbitrary statement, they're phrasing this as if this is 100% truth. There's two things that stuck out was false information. This person mm -hmm. has posted false information, you know, so mm -hmm. one, somebody determines with within the within meta because it's meta now right within meta yeah. <laughs> that this is false information but that was a human being that works in social media that doesn't work in any of these other industries that, you know that, that you're talking about or anything whether it's right. vaccines whether it's government whatever but then it was reviewed by independent fact checkers who the fuck are the independent fact checkers well, now we know. I mean, Facebook said in a court, did you see that? They, yep. Like not that just a few weeks ago, they had to say in a court of law that fact checkers are really just people with opinions. Yeah. You and got so it. it's the people with opinion different than us saying these people are spreading false information. You know, honestly, it's crazy to me because to fact check the millions and millions of people on Instagram, and now we're talking millions and millions of conservatives the amount of man hours that would actually have to go into checking just one, just one meme from one person yeah. would be hours. It would, it would take days to say, listen, this is a science. We need to make sure before we flag this person as a liar, that the facts are that this is a lie that would take days. They're flagging these things within minutes and, and same, the same stupid memes over and over and over again. Right on, right on. Uh, and contrary too, because this is perfect for our show today. I saw this other thing because, uh, he was uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson, you know, which is a phenomenal dude to follow. You know, I don't know if you mm -hmm. have it all, but he is going on Joe Rogan's show coming up. Yeah. And there's one thing because Joe Rogan, of course, has been censored across the board with a lot of things, too. But Spotify, of course, continues to let him stay on. You know, he signed the big mm -hmm. deal with them. And this is in yeah. contrast because there's a lot of stuff of his that gets flagged. But this is what Dr. Jordan Peterson said about him. It's like they were wondering, it's like how in the world, because joe just goes after the truth right mm -hmm. <laughs> for, for the most doesn't care what it is you know and he had the recent doctor on about the vaccines who that entire episode got like wiped from the internet <laughs> yeah everywhere yeah. right and but this is what dr jordan peterson said he goes that's because he doesn't lie 
or talk down to his audience or manipulate for his own narrow advantage. Mm. Those were his words, you know, and I feel that you are exactly the same way. So I'm encouraging you to keep going, keep going. I will. I will. Um, I like what I'm doing. I like having a voice for conservatives. I like, I'm doing a lot of working with candidates here in Arizona, political candidates that stand for the things that I stand for and I'm enjoying it. But realistically, I have to keep going because the one time I spoke up and stood up and defied mandates changed my life. I mean, I lost my entire career. I lost the ability to maintain that career. I lost the ability to even try to get past what I did and try to rebuild. And honestly, I have considered after my move to Arizona, well, I'm really good at being a salon owner. I'm really good at hair. Um, I'll just do that again while I'm down here and I can build back up, which really sucks because I'd spent 15 years building in Oregon. Yeah. But I tried and there that um, desire was completely gone. Like God had just removed the desire to start a salon, to be a hairstylist, to go through that whole route again. And every door that I tried to open on my own to do that, he just slammed shut. And he said, you're going to be on the radio. You're going to be a podcast. You're going to be a voice for conservative women, for moms fighting back for their kids. That is your role. And every time I try to step out of that role, there is, there is a door slammed in my face. Like this is where I'm supposed to be. So even though I love it, which is of course the way God operates, he's not going to force me into something I hate. He has literally created a new path for me that I enjoy more, more, more than I've ever enjoyed running a hair salon. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. I love how you're saying, you know, m- moms who are fighting for control of their kids or however you phrase mm-hmm. it. I'm sorry, but th- th- yeah. this is the thing that boggles my mind too, right? Because the stuff that we're talking about, just like when I go and talk about cybersecurity or when I bring, you know, because China and Russia, they are the largest nation state threat actors that exist on the face of this planet. You know, I mean, look at what's happening in the, in the Ukraine right now. And people forget mm-hmm. that when it was 2015, that Russia hacked the Ukraine to shut down their freaking power grid in order to to take the peninsula you know to make it easier to take the the peninsula that was there you know and these are the things that still exist today but when you talk about moms being able to have fight for their kids rights and that that's what you're advocating for just like where i'm at i don't ever see this as like a partisan issue i see it as a human issue you know because whether you're whether you're liberal whether you're conservative if you're talking about blue red democrat republican we're just Mm -hmm. talking about humanity is, is yeah, the things that you and I are talking about. Yeah. And that's one of my hot topics is it, you're right. It's, it's, it's complete. It's not political that a mother and a father or, um, or a single mom or single dad should have authority over their own children's yeah. medical decisions, um, schools, how they parent, what is taught to their kids in the school that we pay taxes to fund. And, I don't care what your belief about the science behind masks is. I care that you're fighting my right to decide for my children whether it's healthy or not. Because no one, no one, no one, no one in this on this earth has more authority over their children than the parents. And the government's trying to take it. Other parents are trying to take it. The school board is trying to take it. And... Honestly, I'm getting really fed up with parents who are sitting by and allowing it because as a parent, the minute that that child is in your life, you say, oh, I would die for this child. I would do anything for this child. I would take a bullet. And yet 
we're talking about just simply removing masks from children or removing the authority of the government or the school systems to say you have to, your child has to be masked. It's out of your control now. And we are supposed to be fighting harder for our kids than anyone. Yeah. And we are not. Most people are not. Um, and no one cares about your kid. No one as much as you do. And so if you think anyone else is going to step up, even me, if you think I'm going to step up and fight harder for your kid, that's, that's a false statement. That's a false narrative. You're the one who cares the most about your kids. So you have to be in that role. You got it. The most horrible thing I think, and that whether it's children or adults, because if you look at kids, you know, if we, if we started there and kept talking about this is let's say a, a child doesn't speak as well as some of the other kids, but they can still mm -hmm. communicate. Okay. This mm -hmm. is the same to me as another parent telling you or telling me, it's like, you know what? Your kids shouldn't be in the same class as my kids unless they're at the same level of speech. So they need to go to speech therapy right now. In fact, you know what? The government's going to enforce that your kid goes to speech therapy in order to participate with the other kids. You yeah. know, when that's a straight up medical decision right there. Yeah. You know, and, and you know what? People would say, well, Rick, that sounds ridiculous. That's such an overreach. That's such a stretch. And yet it's really not yeah. because we're, we're so close. We're so close to that. And with such a slow boil and slow, slippery slope that the people, the same people fighting against what we're saying would sit here and say that we sound ridiculous and we sound like conspiracy theorists. And yet if you were to ask a mom a year ago, if her kid would be forced, you know, to get vaccinated, they would say that that's ridiculous. And we're so far from that. And yet here we are. Yeah, uh, it's it's mind boggling. The the worst part for me as I see this is that, and this has been talked about all over the place too, is a lot of these, whether it's masks, whether it's vaccines, whether it's anything having to do with this, anything to me that creates classes of people mm -hmm. that pertain to commerce mm -hmm. is something that this country is a absolutely founded against. Absolutely, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's so much to say. There is, about I know. That. Yeah. Well, we are a lot of what a lot of what I feel my role is here in Arizona, um, and God just continues to kind of reiterate this. Is it went from you know I was a small business owner, and I was fighting for business owners and standing up for business owners, and and I I still am, and I'm still suing the state of Oregon for all the things. Um, but a lot of what I'm seeing now is affecting me not as a small business owner now. It's affecting me as a mom. And I've had to pull my kids out of public school because of some of the situations we're discussing yeah. and the, my rights being violated as a parent. Um, and my radio show is really focused on empowering other women, other parents to, to advocate for their kids and fight for their kids. And if you watch, uh, there's some crazy stuff happening in Arizona, like the Scottsdale Unified School District. We've got mm -hmm. the president of the board doxing moms like me. Who's, who come to the school board meetings and, and fight back and speak up, um, sharing pictures of their kids. Um, gosh, they had a teacher at Scottsdale that was um, accused and, and found guilty of sexually abusing a, a, a mentally retarded special ed student. Um, and this is, the, this is the new battle, I feel like. You know, a year and a half ago, yeah. it was Lindsey Graham, the small business owner that's fighting back. And I'm going, okay, well, now I'm not a small business owner. I, I understand what small business owners are going through still. Um, and yet I lost all my businesses. So that's really not my fight anymore. I feel like the fight has now become 
you know, vax mandates, which I will never hopefully be forced into because I'm, I'm my own entity and I don't, I'm, I don't answer to anyone for a job, but, uh, the kids fighting for the kids, it's, um, scary to think what, um, what's going to happen to them mentally, um, socially and, uh, um, sociologically being masked up, being forced to mask up, being chastised for not masking up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You're not a dad, are you though? I am. I have three oh, you kids. Are? Okay. Yeah. I was like, am yeah. I like talking to no, you? No, no, no. I have I three kids. Uh, two are going to be 15 this year and one is turning 12 just in about a week or so. And okay. The, they have not been in public school since even before all this started. So and, good. And at that point, that was just a, a decision around education because of the, the gap that I saw between what the education system was teaching and what my kids really, I felt could do, you know, they, mm -hmm. they weren't challenged. Everything was meant to be to a mass group. I mean, you, I, I see, yeah. I've seen the comparisons of school, public school being, you know, like getting them ready to work at a, a factory or something like that, because every kid is taught the same, you know, everything is, the, is there. And my kids would not get the attention that they needed when they had a question or mm -hmm. it was all, my daughter would always be like, oh, well, they just tell me to go back and read the book. You know, and I'm like, well, that's what they're there for is to answer the questions. And this isn't all educators. There's really good right. educators out there too. But yeah. globally, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back was when we have, for me, it was when my oldest son, because I'm in technology, right? He had to do this PowerPoint and they were learning how to use Office 365 Microsoft applications and PowerPoint. He had to create this presentation in a group and somebody in the group, one of the other kids that he was in decided to pop in a slide with the word fuck on it. Just, uh, just right in the middle of it. So then it became corporate punishment by the teacher because none of the kids in his six kid group would speak up and nobody oh really God. knew who did it within that group either. You know, so it became all the kids got punished. And I was like, this is stupid. Cause he came up, he was, my son was so upset in this. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you have a right to be upset. You have a right to be angry. He's like, I need to say some words, you know? And this was, you know, four years ago when he was 11, you know, I'm like, dude, look, let them let them rip because they're justified yeah. in this you know yeah and and the school system i feel like I, i'm having a hard time remembering of course the things that i was taught in high school specifically but the school system i feel like is supposed to be the curriculum is supposed to be directed yeah. more towards or we should be directing it more towards real life experiences and what's going to happen when you become an adult so fiscal responsibility um, knowledge of how the economy works, um, yeah. basic math, you know, things that prepare you for whatever career you choose, you know, the basics yeah, or even like now this, I the basics like, of technology, right? I, yeah, I showed, <laughs> I showed him, I'm like, dude, all you do is click up here and then click down here at the activity lock and it'll show exactly who made the change at what time. I'm like, Oh, I, did they figure it out? Oh yeah. I showed him. I'm like, <laughs> you go, I'm like, your teacher doesn't know this. Like, no, I'm like, dude, it's too close deep. And that's the project. Yeah. The, the teacher's teaching them to do something that the teacher doesn't even know how to do. Yeah, you got it. Um, so weird. And and even as you're telling that story, I'm seeing the slippery slope of the potential of what you said, right? So he's forced to work in a group of people that may or may not have the same motivation, skills, determination. Some people don't like it's just kind of a socialist thing when you put six kids into a group and say you're all responsible for this project that's kind of a socialist mentality now it's like well my kid is 
working harder. Um, he's got a parent that supports him and wants to help him with this homework. We are in a different class potentially than the five other kids that you've grouped him with and his grade is dependent on it. Yeah. And so when you start creating that in a classroom, you, you automatically start seeing parents who are seeing the difference in, and it starts at home, right? It starts at home with parents that either support their kid, help them do their homework, brush them off, things like that. Um, creating a different class because the education system did it on their own. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. That's when we decided to pull them out. And it was, uh, it was the best choice we ever made. It was a little rough for three months just because they were conditioned to the, the processes that they were in and the, the system that they were in. But I, I've mm -hmm. seen issues with the education. So obviously with everything shifting to remote learning over the past couple of years too. And this is about, you know, when you're saying advocating for your kids, that's really what we're talking mm -hmm. about here. And I'm glad that they were already in in essence, a remote learning because they had Zoom classrooms. Some of the stuff was self-led, self-taught with videos and self-paced, which is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. You know, Bridgeway yeah. Academy, for anyone who's, who's listening right now, that just a phenomenal program. There's a lot of live classes and there's a lot of self-paced classes too with videos. It's great. It's great. They work in groups <laughs> over mm -hmm. Zoom. You know, they, they're still involved in local activities here. But when they're in, still in, or when the remote learning took place, I saw a lot of teachers getting frustrated around kids sitting in their homes because now this was another thing that kids were forced to do, right? When mm -hmm. the schools were shut down, now granted the teachers were at the same time, which is still another issue, but still it was government mandated mm -hmm. that the mm -hmm. schools shut down. And yep. then the educators, which is very, they didn't really have the, they weren't prepared for starters. But second, they weren't taking into account the considerations of the kids because in a lot of different areas of our country, some parents almost require on the public education system is their child care right. you know, at a certain age, which I've got no issues with that. But when the teachers get mad because a dog runs across the screen, <laughs> and, and I saw this, it was a story coming out of California with this, that the teacher you know, gave the kid detentions or some kind of punishment because the dog ran across the screen or something like that. It's like, you've got oh, to gosh. understand that it's a family of five people that are living in like a three bedroom, 1000 square foot apartment, because that's all that they can afford right now. And it's mm -hmm. not the kid's choice for the environment that they're in. Neither is it the parents. And they were just forced right. into this scenario. Absolutely. You're going to punish the kid because of this. Yeah. And one of the things that drove me absolutely insane during the school shutdowns when moms and they're still, they're still saying this when moms stood up and advocated, our kids need to be in school. Yeah. The left, you know, the mob culture would say the school system is not your child care. And no woman births kids and says, it's fine. They'll be in child care when they're, when they go to kindergarten, you know, yeah. but yeah. when you put your kid in school, because you pay taxes for that school and your child is attending from 8am to three, if you're a single parent or you got out of an abusive relationship or marriage because you thought, I can now provide for myself because my child is in school. I can leave this abusive husband and I can get out and I can start a new life. That's like a, you know, whatever rare percentage scenario, but it's a scenario where a single parent can provide for themselves because the child is grade school age. Then yes, I I've planned my entire life, my entire career, my choices around the idea that the school that I fund that, that teaches my kids gives me time to provide a living for those same kids. Now you've taken that away. I honestly, 
I don't know what single parents did yeah. during that time. Um, you either quit your job to stay home with a kid that now is being schooled on a computer or you go to work and leave your kid at home. But if you quit your job to stay home with your child, which is the safest decision, you also can't feed or provide for that child. I would love to find out what a single parent did in that situation. They devastated families when they did that. They gave the parents no choice. They gave the child no choice and they gave the teachers no choice. The teachers, I sat there and watched my son try to do a computer Zoom class. And most of the class was teaching the kids how to work the Zoom. And I was like, he doesn't need to know how to work Zoom. He's in first grade. And can we move on to the alphabet or whatever it is, please? Uh, they, They created an entirely different job for teachers that actually distracted them from educating the child and put on them a quick, you're going to spend this year relearning how to educate on a computer. Yeah. Right. Like they lost that entire year. Yeah. And we talk about, you know, I'm sure there's listeners like, Oh, that, you know, that was a year ago. We're through that phase. You can, it was just a week ago. Cause being in Chicago, just a week ago, they sent all the teachers and students home again for the Chicago public yes. school system because of the latest wave that's going through. This wow. was just a week ago, you know, and I read this morning that they came to an agreement with the teachers union as far as when they're going to go back. You know, so it, it was negotiated at this point, but still was a week ago because this was the same thing as when they instituted the 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 vaccination mandate in, in Chicago and the surrounding county that you have to be vaccinated in order to eat in a public restaurant or be in an indoor gym or anything like that. This just happened in a week ago and they sent the schools home too. That is crazy. It's unreal to think that at one point we really did think two weeks to flatten the curve. <laughs> We're going on two years. Like at week three, I mean, at week three, I was like, you guys lied. You lied. You're yeah, liars. No kidding. I don't buy it anymore. <laughs> and there are some people who still think that this really is for everyone's safety. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you really made me get to a belly laugh there because I mean, I, at, at this point that was almost like that phrase was out of my mind you know i completely forgot about it because now it's like okay we're just pushing through at this point and i i don't pay attention to much you know except for the huge things that obviously affect my everyday life it's like well no problem i'm just not gonna eat dinner there that's no big deal yeah (laughs) you know i don't care there's plenty of other restaurants you know that they're like we're gonna do our own thing just because we feel that it's safe and it's your choice that's all good yeah two weeks to flatten the curve that'll yeah that'll be the biggest joke in american history yeah, no kidding. No kidding. I'm sure these are things you talk about on your show, which I oh, love yeah. the name of it. She's so right show. Yeah. You get the pun there. You get the pun. I get it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you get the pun. I like it. So, my mother-in-law is my biggest fan. She's my biggest supporter. She's amazing. I actually have to tell her, you know, sometimes I'm not that cool. Like, be careful. Yeah. But she, um, every time she's with me and someone asks me about my radio show and I say, it's called the She's So Right Show. She has to tell them, you get it? Like the right, like conservative, like right leaning. I'm like, I think they get it. I don't think that they think that I think that I'm always right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it's still the part, I mean, right or left, whatever. It's still the thing that that really grips me is that it should, for me, it should never be that way. Right, it shouldn't. I I wish I could go back a year and a half ago, two years ago. Uh, I don't wish, I don't wish to take back anything. I don't have any regrets, but. I didn't used to be, 
I didn't even used to probably label myself a right-leaning, you know, Republican, whatever. Um, I still try to just use the word conservative because of my beliefs tend to lean conservative. They're all faith-based, et cetera, et cetera. But um, what happened to me forced me to take kind of an extremism because the extremism placed on me and toward me and directed at me and, and with so much hate and violence and vindictiveness, it changed. I mean, it changed who I am. It changed how I handle certain things, how I talk about certain topics. Um, I mean, honestly, obviously it's been a catalyst in my life if I'm like on a conservative radio talk show now, but something I never would have done a year and a half ago. I was just a salon owner, but um, it's, it's so sad that even I, I feel like, you know, I play a part in being divisive, but mainly because I know that no one, is speaking up or there's not a lot of women being able to speak up about some of the topics I'm speaking up about because their kids are going to get threatened, their job, they're going to lose their job. They're going to get cancel cultured. Um, these are the things happening to people like in Scottsdale that are speaking up against, you know, the CRT and some of the, some of the politics in the schools there. Yeah. And it's, it's like, I feel like I have to, I've been given the opportunity to, and as much as I hate that people would consider me a, you know, a divider in the, the political um, realm. The line for me was forced to be drawn when I got cancel cultured. And I said, well, I picked my side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Right on. Wow. So That's you're why still, I'm all in. I know. Yeah. Right on. Right on. When did you finish your book? I finished my book about six months ago and Sweet. just published in... September. Yeah, it was recent, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's been such a blessing. It's, I've had so much positive feedback about people that have read it and gotten inspired. And, you know, to me, I'm still, my main purpose is still to encourage people to be non compliant and to stand up so that we don't lose all of our rights as Americans. That's my number one goal. And the book is sort of a, you know, I did. I, I stood up for my rights. I stood tall. I was completely targeted for doing so. Yeah. And yet I am blessed for it. And um, I have no regrets and I wouldn't change a thing. And it's sort of a guidebook, if you will, for how to find the strength to fight for your rights and fight for your kids and stand up for what you believe in. That's phenomenal. I love it. Thanks. What's next Thanks. for you? What's Is next? It, can you Maybe even see what's next? Yeah. Because it's a... <laughs> I mean, a year ago when, when you're on, it's like, you had no idea you'd be here today. A I year had before no that, idea. you had no idea you were going to be there. Yeah. Um, and who knows, you, you're going to need to mark this date and a year from now, have me on again. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> um, well, the beautiful thing about my life now is that I never expected to be where I am today. I, if you would have asked me two years ago, I would have had this salon in Salem with 25 stylists. I'd be running my extension company and that's where I would be. So every day I wake up and I sort of give my journey to God and my life and say, um, open the doors that you want to open, close the ones that you don't want me to go through. And this is something, this, this catalyst in my life is something I could not control. Even as I was watching it happen and I was watching the cancel culture destroy everything I, I tried to say, I can get control of this. I can, I can fix this. And no live video on Facebook was fixing it. I mean, yeah. 
it was completely out of my control. And I've, I learned, I think that that was supposed to happen to me. And I was supposed to be on this new journey and God had a bigger plan for me. And I believe he has a bigger plan and I have no idea what it is. And if I did, I would just go get it right. Or it would be accessible. Um, so people say, are you going to run for office? And I say, I don't know if God calls me to run for office, I'll run for office. Are you going to run for Senate? I don't know. Are you going to write another book? I don't know. Is your show going to be nationally syndicated? I hope so. I don't know. (laughs) So what is next is just as a surprise to you as it is to me. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Pretty excited about it. Yeah. Could you imagine living life like that? That's the adventure. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. 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 Everyone I've got my are. own dreams. Yep. I've got my own goals and visions. And I don't know if that's going to be what God has for me. For sure. Even yeah. as I'm acquiring companies right now, because that's the public roll-up play that I'm doing. You know, there's some there. It's like, well, they're looking to, to be, to sell. And like, so what's your five-year business plan? I'm like, I don't have one. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I know <laughs> like, what I'm doing the next year or two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But that's going to dictate what's going to be the next year or two after that. You know, mm-hmm. all I know is that the team that I have in place is solid. I know where my heart is. I know what I'm going after. I know the, mm-hmm. the general direction that I'm headed in. I know what I'm looking at is the outcome. And this is for anybody, right? You know, cause especially yeah. if you're a parent with kids. Oh my gosh. You know, if you're right. thinking, oh, they're going to be a doctor, a, a lawyer, a, a, a carpenter, whatever, you know, that you're probably going to be wrong first off. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gonna, Whatever they say they want to be at five is not really what they end up being usually. Exactly. Right on. So, but it, it's important to advocate for them every step of the way, you know, mm-hmm. because some of those things, and this is where the conversation has been today. Some of those things could quite literally be threatened. Some of their dreams, some of their ambitions yeah. could be Absolutely. threatened by by overreach by other people imposing certain things on their lives so as a parent Mm -hmm. it's up to us to stand up for our kids absolutely i i wonder as even as you say that this is actually something i've never thought about is how their life was changed by what i did and the decisions that i now have to make so i'm not homeschooling but i put them in a private christian school um obviously that's going to be a change for the better for them but what in the course of their life has changed I remember two years ago bringing my daughter to work and like, she's going to be a hairstylist when she grows up. I'm going to teach her everything. I'm going to do her extensions when she's 12. It's, I had it all thought out in my mind. And now I'm talking about, well, I'm going to speak at these churches in California. Um, I should take her with me. How amazing for her to see this is what mommy does. She fights yeah. for people. She stands up. She's she's bold. She's brave. She's a, an inspiration. That's who she's seeing me be well that's changed the course of her life because i'm no longer like you should be a hairstylist i'll say well you should have a radio talk show someday or whatever it is but yeah these these decisions that we're making as parents and these decisions that are being forced on us they are altering the course of our kids life and that's something that we need to be thinking about um, with every move we make and every you know, a choice that we are forced to make for them and which ones we're going to obey and which ones we're going to disobey. And uh, thanks for that little token of knowledge there, Rick. I was, <laughs> you kind of just changed my day. I'm like thinking about my kid's future now from That's awesome. morning till night. Yeah, really cool. Well, everyone can find you at Real Lindsey Graham on Instagram and you're going to get that message, I'm sure, that I talked about on the show. But do yeah. that. Follow Lindsay regardless of what Instagram tells you and right. stay tra- stay on track with her because it, this isn't this isn't a political thing this isn't left or right this is human this is parents for their kids and go listen to her show she's so right 
Yeah. <laughs> She's so right. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. And um, if you want to buy my book, you can buy it on patriotbarbie.com. I actually, if you buy it with me, I autograph and sign and send out the cookbook myself. Nice. So, That's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Well, I'm so, doing thank it. you, Rex, yeah. so much for yeah. having me on. I Thanks for it. being on. See you in a year. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.